0: May it be a good morning for Am Yisrael, for Klal Yisrael. It should be a good morning, a good day, a good week. We should hear Yeshua's v'nachamos, sweeping victory and salvation. Everyone should be brought home. Our soldiers should come home, and our learning continues to be in the merit of those hostages, of our precious soldiers, of all of our brothers and sisters in Israel. Pasha series is generously sponsored by our dear friends Becky and Avi Katz and family in memory of Becky's father, David Grossman. We remain very grateful to them for their sponsorship this morning. Shear is also sponsored by Sylvia Brody. Thank you, Mrs. Brody, in commemoration of the upcoming 21st Yuritzite of her beloved husband, Arnold Brody's Aliyah. Thank you for your generosity as well. Also, a couple quick reminders. Right after Shear, we will continue to divide all of Tehillim and complete all of Sefer Tehillim. If 30 more people remain, it will take just a few minutes. So please stay and... Uh, Please stay and say, tell him. we still have more tzitzis to tie. If you've become a proficient expert at tying tzitzis, even if you are a novice, we need your help. Please stay and uh, tie tzitzis as well. And there are flags available in the lobby. Put them on your car. Show your pride. Show that we're not scared. Stand tall as a proud Jew. Pasha has told us, page one hundred twenty-four in the Arscroll Stone Chumash Ve'Elah told us Yitzchak ben Avram, Avraham Holid es Yitzchak. These are the offspring of Yitzchak, the son of Avram. And then the Torah seems to offer in a necessary repeat a redundancy. If Yitzhak is the son of Avram, then obviously and clearly Avram holidas Yitzhak, he begat. It's the only time we ever use the word begat. Parsha has told us. He gave birth, he begat Yitzhak. So what is it telling us? Rashi famously tells us Avram holidas yitzchak, Aydesha <speaking> Khastov <in> ha <Hebrew> ben Avram, who's koklomar Avram holidas yitzchak. Rashi's bothered by the Kephaloshan. Rashi Rashi's bothered by the double language. At first it says, Eilat told us these are the offspring, the progeny of Yitzchak, the son of Avram. And then Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. So Rashi goes on and tells us, we all know the famous story. There were scoffers and cynics of the generation, of every generation. There are the haters and the cynics and the scoffers and the conspiracy theorists. Who theorized that in fact Yitzchak was not the son of Avram, but rather the son of Avimelech? That Avimelech was with Sarah when they went down to Egypt. Because after all, Sarah and Avram lived together for many years, and they did not succeed in procreating and having a child. So, how did Hashem respond? What was Hashem's response to these scoffers and cynics, to these haters? Ma'asa Baruch tsar shah la avraham. Hashem made Yitzchak be the spitting image of Avram. They looked exactly the same. There was no doubt who Yitzchak's father was. and everybody could look at Yitzchak, and simply by looking at Yitzchak you would testify, that's Avram's kid. Looks exactly like Avram, spitting image of Avram. And that's why Eila told us Yitzchak ben Avram and Avram Allies Yitzhak. Avram Allies Yitzhak. But there's more understandings. First of all, you see here the power of the Late Sana Ador. Because Rashi quotes Chazal telling us that a miracle was done. Yitzhak looked like the spitting image of Avram. Spitting image. Why would Hashem intervene, intercede? Why would Hashem do a miracle? Because you see how pernicious, you see how dangerous. You see how destructive the late had door. Every generation has cynics and scoffers and conspiracy theorists. Every generation has haters. They look at those who are trying to change the world and they throw their hate at them. And it's so dangerous. It's so real. It can be so destructive that Hashem is determined to have to answer Himself. He doesn't ignore. One might have said, ignore. Who cares? Just ignore. But the answer is, it can be dangerous. It can be destructive, so much so that Hashem feels he has the response. But the law Oseish, of Druk, we've been going through his brand new Sefer, gives us another explanation. Why the redundancy? Yitzchak ben Avram, Avram holid. He says, Sarah might have a few things to say about the fact that Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. Sarah's no longer here. That was last week's parsha. Chayi Sarah. If she were still alive, she might object. She might have a different opinion. Is it accurate? Is it fair to describe Avram Holidas Yitzchak? Did Avram give birth to Yitzchak? Or, in fact, did Sarah give birth to Yitzchak? Now, when we talk about giving birth, we often think physically. Who went through the labor pains? Who had the contractions? Who has the stretch marks to show that they were pregnant for nine months? It wasn't Avram. It wasn't Avram. So how could you say Avram Holid, says Rav Druk, because the word Holid does not only mean biologically, physically to give birth. It means spiritually. In the world of Ruchnius, who molded, who shaped, who created the value system, who gave birth? Because it's true that Sarah gave birth physically, but Avram partnered with Sarah in giving birth spiritually. Yitzchak was not just the heir to the genetics of Avram and Sarah, but also to the spiritual DNA. Avram passed 10 tests. Sarah, Kulon Shavon Sarah, her incredibly optimistic and faithful demeanor, they pass that on. So therefore, lay Nasal no Chayim There are those who give life in this world, and there are those who train and mold and shape and inspire and enrich, who give life in Chaye Oma, life in perpetuity, life in Netzach Netzachim. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says Anyone who teaches someone Torah, it's as if you have given birth to them. Because a person void of Torah, a person whose life is searching and yearning and looking for meaning and purpose, but doesn't have the tools, doesn't have the compass, can't navigate what the mission is all about, such a person is living in this world but they can't tap into eternity and immortality. But when we arm someone with the tools of Torah, when we give someone access to a compass, to navigate this world most meaningfully, when we give someone, when we give someone the capacity to earn immortality, you haven't given them life in this world, you've given them life forever. And that's why we say, someone who teaches someone Torah, yoldo. it's as if you taught them. It's as if you taught them. Shlomo Kluger, says this halacha <laughs> le with pru revu. The Gemara and Shabbos tells us that, Rav doesn't quote this, but the Gemara and Shabbos tells us that when a person passes away and they come upstairs, they're asked a series of questions. Did you do your business dealings faithfully? Did you set aside time consistently for Torah study? A series of questions. And one of them is, asakta Did you occupy yourself with promulgating and filling the world with continuity? The Maharsha already notes and wonders, why doesn't it say kiyamta? Why doesn't it say, did you fulfill Puruvuvu? We know it's a machlokes be e How do you fulfill Puruvuvu? Having a son and a daughter, two sons. We pass, you need a son and a daughter in order to fulfill Puruvuvu? Why didn't the Gemara, why doesn't it tell us? After 120, we ascend upstairs and the Beisden Shemayla will ask us, Nu, kiyamta Puruvuvu? Did you have children? The Gemara in Yavamas elaborates. Children, grandchildren, puravu to fill the world. Sadly, tragically, if a person's children predeceased them, they've not fulfilled puravu, unless they have a grandchild who survives the predeceased child, because the purpose, the essence of puravu is to populate the world with the values of Torah. So, if that's the mitzvah, why doesn't it say kiyamta? Did you fulfill it? And the answer is because it's a mitzvah that's not in our control. The Arab Shabbos Kolol, a few weeks ago, we spoke about this. What is the nature of the mitzvah of pur the ma'isa or the Kiyam? To attempt to fulfill pur for a husband and a wife to try to have children naturally or using fertility techniques, IUI, IVF and so on. So it's not in your hands, it's not in your control. A person can try, but ultimately it's up to Hashem. So how could we be asked, did you fulfill? We can only be asked, Asakta, did you try? Did you try? But Rav Klugar has a tshuva and he actually holds halacha that if one adopts a child, they fulfill pru revu through adopting and raising that child. Asakta, were you involved in continuity? Were you involved in spreading the message and the value system of Torah? Not only by biologically having children, but those who are in chinuch, those who support chinuch institutions and enable the education of children. We're going to announce soon our annual campaign for our Jewish Education Scholarship Fund because as focused as we are on Israel and we should be and we should direct the majority of our giving to Israel, we still need Jewish continuity and Jewish children with Jewish values. We need those who are going to stand up and fight for Israel in the next generation. So, did we, so this is the same thing. So, this is the same thing. Yitzchak ben Avraham Avram holilis Yitzchak. True, Yitzchak was the son of Avram, had his DNA, but also Avram holed, it wasn't passive. Yitzchak didn't just emerge and become a Yitzchak. Avram intentionally, strategically, thoughtfully, mindfully, he molded and shaped Yitzchak into who he was, into who he was, and that's why we have both parts of this, both parts of this Pasuk. He then offers another interpretation. And he says the following: Yitzchak was how old when he had Yaakov and Esav? Sixty. Yitzchakaya ben Shishim Shana be'ez Shana do be Yaakov ve'Esav. As the pasuk says, V'yisrahi ben Shishim Shana be'ledes Osem umistabashik var mesukol ador benegilam shal Avram v'sirav Avi Melach. Who are these ledes on ador? Who are the cynics and scoffers? If Yitzchak is sixty when he first has Yaakov and Esav, so. Where were the haters until now? Why do they first raise this accusation? Why do they first level this suspicious conspiracy theory now when Yitzchak is going to have children? He's 60 years old. If the theory is that Yitzchak is not in fact the son of Avram, if the theory is that Yitzchak is the son of Avimelech, when? should that theory, when should that challenge, when should that cynicism have first been leveled? When? 60 years ago. When the shul sent out the email, mazel tov to Avram and Sarah. Huge mazel tov. Sorry, Imenu. Avram was already a father, but huge mazel tov. First time mother Sarah at an advanced age. So there should have been a response. First time it was posted online. All the haters should have commented. Eh. Probably not Avram's, probably Avimelech's. They waited? 60 years? They were probably gone. So who are these late Ador? Kavari yicholun <laughs> lomar me Avimelechim's Avrashara, mpnei ma davka rakan says Rav Druk, Nira levar b'zeh ki Leitzanei Ador lochem davvar ma'usamoso. Hemheru asmam kesanigorim militza yosher. V'omru keitsad yitachin shiitzchak a ben Avram a tzadik, ben Rasha merusha ke'esav. Listen to this fantastic shot by Rav Druck. Who are Yaakov's? Who are Yitzchak's sons? Not a trick question. I know it's only Monday, not Tuesday, people. But wake up. Who are Yitzchak's sons? Yaakov and Esav. Yaakov is righteous, holy. W and H, righteous. And, and Esav, much less so. Esav is a Russia Marusha So these Leitzanei Hador, who had been in the background, you know how Leitzanei Hador operate? Listen to this great insight. Leitzanei Hador operate like they are offering their cynicism, their skepticism, their hate, their trolling, is presented in the guise of righteousness. Like they're fighting for a righteous cause. So they say these Leitzanei Hador, oh boy, Yitzhak just had twins? One of them is a Russia Marusha Esav. Ooh, it's Pashnish for Avram Avinu to have a grandson Esav. So you know what? Yep. To defend the honor of Avram, we'll spread a rumor that in fact Avimelech is Yitzchak's father, because it's pasnesh Avram Avham and goyim, Avram was Avinu, Avram was a tzaddik. He can't have a grandson like like Esav. If there's an Esav, it must be Yitzchak came from Avimelech not from Avram. It was easily explainable where Esav came from. You know where Esav came from? His uncle. Because Rivka had a brother, Lavan, Harami. So it wouldn't be a negative blemish on Avram's record that there's a grandson Esav. Thanks, but no thanks. Who needs the Leitsani Ador's help to defend Avram's honor? It wasn't necessary. You know, the Gemara Baba Basra Yud, says, based on this, isha, when you get married, you know, we got the resumes, picture, no picture, nix the pics, resumes, references. You know what you should do, says the Gemara Baba Basra. What are you asking so many questions about the young lady? Be'acheha. A young man takes after his uncle. So look into the uncle. Look into the uncle. Most boys will resemble or reflect their mother's brother, the uncle. Is he a uncle? Fun uncle? Is he an uncle? What kind of an uncle is he? What kind of an uncle is he? So, where did Chazam know that from? That you inherit the traits of your maternal uncle, uncles? They knew that from Esav. Esau was influenced by his uncle Lavan. Uncle Lavan, not by Avram. But what's amazing about this insight of Rav Druk is how accurate it is that so often the haters of the L'tzane Ador, they, they don't come out and say, we're skinnicks and we're scoffers and we're haters. They say, this is a righteous and noble cause. We're saying what we're saying because nobody loves Avram more than we do. We're defending Avram's honor, but they lacked the self-awareness to admit that in fact they are, in fact they are leitzanei hador. i tell you another amazing insight. I want to thank uh, Rav Moshe Press, who wrote up the Tefer Shmuel, two volumes. He sent me the Tefer Shmuel, Baruch Hashem. One of the great parts of the Parashashir, it's been done wonders for my svarim collection. So the Tefer Shmuel, who is the Tefer Shmuel? Tefer Shmuel is Shmuel Berenbaum. Shmuel Berenbaum was born in in Europe, learned in the Mir, under Rabbi Yerucham, fled to Shanghai with the Mir, came to America. In America, was part of the Mir in Brooklyn, married the Rosh Hashiva, Rav Kalmanovitz's daughter, and was the Rosh Hashiva of the Mir Brooklyn, Shmuel Berenbaum. So they collected his, his thoughts and ideas in the Pasha, two wonderful values, Tefer Shmuel. In fact, I opened it today and thought it was so generous and kind for them to send it, I should find something to say. And then I ran into a problem. Everything in it I want to say. It's amazing. Beautiful, beautiful insights, and so, so much to share. But let me just try to give you a sampling of some of them: Tefer Shmuel or Shmuel Berenbaum on the Pasha. Quote told us Yitzrich Avram. He also Rashi. In Sorokhen, he asked the same question of Druk asked: Lama arbaim rifka. So, unclear, when did the Leitzanei Ador raise this suspicion? Last week's Pasha was it at Yitzchak's Ufruf. By the way, now Ufrufs are filled with Leitzanei Ador. So one of the actual, we need Rebbeim to speak out about this a little bit. It used to be at an Ufruf, someone, the, the chassan's friend said nice things about him and offered him a bracha and said admirable things about his family. Now every Ufruf is a roast, often inappropriately so, I've been to Ufrufs. The parents are blushing. They're hiding under the table. It's embarrassing. Probably goes hand in hand with the amount and level of the lachaims at Ufrufs today. It needs, it needs work. I, I, it's a busha. It's a busha. And Ufruf is not an opportunity to roast the chassan. I don't mean that you can't have uh, good humor and good fun, but it's not an opportunity to roast. So was it that Yitzchak Avinu's Ufruf, after he was uh, introduced to Rivka, that's when the Leitzanei Ador came out, he was 40. Was it when he had these twins, he was 60? But one thing we know is, it wasn't at his bris, it wasn't at his Shalom Zachar, it wasn't when they announced his birth. So Rav Shmuel ben asked the same question as Rav Jruk. no What took the Leitzanei Ador so long? Was their keyboard broken? Was their interconnection down? What took the Leitzanei Ador so long to comment? Shema yelah tov lomar, She'avram holidesh Yitzhak. It should have said then Avram holidesh Yitzhak because I made a miracle that this little baby was the spitting image of his father Avram. It should have been last in two weeks, but tailat sar Avram, Avram holidesh Yitzhak. Um a muller loya piskom pelol et sona dor, never could have gotten started. So why now? Listen to what he answers. Yeishlama shikash she nolidesh klahora vas keinem. Avram ben meyashana of the Sarabas tishim shana. Now, when Yitzchak is born, Avram is a young 100 years old and Sarah is 90. When Yitzchak was first born, you know what they said? We don't even need to be cynical. There's no reason to troll or hate on this kid. You know why? Nebuch on this kid. Nebuch on this kid, there's geriatric parents. Ne on this kid. Uh, they can't even wake up in the morning. To, they'll wake up in the middle of the night to give him a bottle to change his diaper. Uh, their aide needs to help them get out of bed. They can't take care of a little kid. They're going to take care of a little kid. Impossible. So Soni Ador said this 90-year-old and this 100-year-old, this kid's going to be neglected. The kid's going to amount to nothing. The parents are already old and over the hill.. You know what they were waiting for? When they saw how successful Avram and Sarah were in raising Yitzchak, when they saw who Yitzchak emerged to be, now there was something to hate upon. Now they see Yitzchak is a winner. He landed the great Rivka, the Balas Chesed. His parents are Sarah and Avram. Legends, legends. Yitzchak is a winner and in an incredible trajectory of success. They weren't after him when he was a baby. Well, it's only I adored nothing to say about him at his bar mitzvah. When he looked like he'd be a nothing amount to nothing, they were silent. When do the haters come out? When they see success. So therefore, listen to what Rishmo Baranbaum says. A great insight. All of his insights touch on the human psyche, the human condition. You can get a great chizak here. If you suffer, there are haters online who attack you people who hang posters about you, people who go after you. You know what that means? It means you're succeeding. Nobody goes after you if you're invisible. Nobody goes after you if you're failing. Nobody knocks you down or tries to knock you down a few rungs when you're not having an impact or an influence. You know when they try to knock you down? You know when they try to bring you down? When they see you're successful. That's when they hate. It's the people who are envious or jealous. That's who they try to take others down. It's a big chizok. Wherever you are in life, whatever business you're in, your competitors are going after you, whatever committee you're running. It's a challenge. It's hard to get good lay leaders. I was talking to someone this morning about askanim and askanas. Why can't we get askanas here? People who problem solve, who take klayisol on their shoulders, who solve problems. It's hard. You know why? Because when you're a public person, you invite and you welcome all the hate, criticism, negativity, it's hard. It's easier to just blend in. It's easier to just do your thing. It's easier to be in the background and write your check. You're going to be the head of the committee, president of the organization. You're going to volunteer to be the spokesperson. You're going to try to transform the world. If you're failing, no one has anything to say. When you're succeeding and making a big difference, everyone could tell you how they could have done it better, Everyone competes to take credit. Everyone tries to knock you down a few rungs and says, okay, maybe they solved this crisis. Maybe they changed that. Maybe they founded this Mosad, but they're really, you know, do you know about them? They try to knock you down because you're Matzliach. And that's what happens here. What a great shot! Where were the Letzanah Ador when Yitzchak was born? They were nowhere to be found. Where were they? They were silent because they thought Yitzchak would be a nobody. But once Yitzchak is Matzliach, now they got a lot of hate. Now they've got a lot to say. Again, the Tifer Shmuel, the Shmuel Berenbaum, fantastic insight. He has a second shot, the Tifer Shmuel. And he says the following. Another insight. Why Yitzchak ben Avram? We're going to get past the first pasuk. We're going to get past the first pasuk. I don't know how much further past, but we're going to get past the first pasuk. Why the redundancy? Yitzchak ben Avram. Yitzchak is the son of Avram. Avram is Yitzchak. T'hayinu ve'ele told us Yitzchak ben paper Pe'erishat Yitzchak Avram, Avraham. is etsiyaz beno. Again, the same idea that he molded and he shaped. This is a fulfillment of why Hashem said he loved Avram. Do you remember when Hashem was debating, this internal debate? Should I tell Avram what I'm about to do to stone? And he says, yeah, yeah, I've got to reveal. I can't hold it back. Am I going to cover up what I'm going to do? No, I've got to tell him. And why? Why does Hashem conclude I have to tell him? Why? But you know why? Hashem says, you know why I love Avram? Not because I nefesh hasheu asu b'charan. Hashem doesn't say I love Avram because of how he's transforming the world, how many followers and friends he has online, how many listens to his sheer and his podcast, how many readers to his article. Hashem says, that's all lovely, it's nice. That's not why I cherish and love it's not what I like about Avram. You know what I love about Avram? It's not anything happening on the outside. His children. Because his children. He's putting in the time and the energy and the love and the focus that his children, his children will follow his footsteps, will grow after him. That's what matters. That's what counts. Avram. So the reason the Torah is telling us Avram, it's because that is the very fulfillment of what Hashem said He loves about Avram, the kiyadatav, because I know, Lamana shei This is the fulfillment of vishinantam Levanacha. And Rashi and Pashas tells us, vishinantam levanecha, teach your children, elu hatalmidim. kriyim banim. Again, this is the similar idea of Druk said about the Gemara and Sanhedrin, that students are like Children. Ki-ekar HaShem banecha dem Torah v'lo mashu Benoba b'metziyas. Reb Beren is a very powerful insight. He's saying, if someone biologically descends from you, if you give birth to a child, that makes them partly your child. That makes them your child in this world, in this world, in the here and now. But if you want them to be your child in eternity, for eternity, you have to teach them Torah. Teach them values. Teach them to be a proud Jew. Teach them to stand for Jewish values. You have to mold and shape Avram. Holy Yitzchak. Yitzchak ben Avram, that was just the result of a moment of love between a husband and wife and procreation and fertility and nine months of gestation and birth. That resulted in Yitzchak ben Avram. Beautiful, nice. It's continuity. But that's not the same as having a child for eternity and immortality. Avram holed is Yitzchak, forever and ever and ever. That is only by teaching Torah. So it means, levanecha. We think about it in the opposite direction. Rav Druk focused, focused from the Gemara Sanhedrin that when you have students, they're like your children. But Rav Shmuel Ben-Abbam is quoting Rashi, when you have children, you have to make them your students. When a person teaches students, It's like they're his children, her children. But when you have children, you also have to bring an attitude that they're your students. They are. V'shinantel vanach is incumbent on parents. Chinuch is a mitzvah on the father. We happen to not be so good at it today. So we outsource. We pay a third party, the Chinuch system. But that's pidiyeved. That's pidiyeved. That's not the way it's meant to be. We are supposed to take responsibility. And we still have to complement and supplement what our children get. We have to teach. We have a beautiful learning program, Motse Shabbos, for and levanecha, mother-daughter learning. It's past Motei Shabbos. I had the great schos I don't take lightly. I said it to my grandson. We were four generations at Ova My father, me, my son, and grandson. And four generations learning together. I said to my grandson, who's a little over three years old, so he didn't know what I was talking about, but I felt good anyway. I said it. I said, Arie, do you know how few people in all of history got to sit and learn with their... Great grandfather at a program, and he won the raffle this week, and it wasn't fixed. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So, when you sit with your cho- child, and your grandchild, and your great grandchild, then you are fulfilling Vishinantim Levanecha Eilehatamidim. We have to turn our students into our children, but we also have to turn our children into our students. Into our students. Shmuel Kamenetsky so sein gesund stark. He says, we all say in Benching, Harakhamun Yivarak S Avi Mori Imi Morasi. Why do you say, My father, my teacher, my mother, my teacher? If your father's a businessman, your mother's a lawyer, a doctor, they're not a teacher. Why do you refer to them as Avi Mori Imi Morasi? Because a mother and a father primary responsibility is to be a teacher. Is to be a teacher. It's the most important teacher in your life. It's the teacher not with a textbook and a curriculum and tests and spit back. It's the teacher who you watch and you observe and you grow up and you listen to and you see who you daven next to and you sit at the Shabbos table of. So our students are our children, but our children also have to be our students. And that's what we say in Avos, says Rosh Hashem midu, Have many students. Lorak v'limdu. Why does the Mishnah formulate it as he'emidu? What does the word he'emidu mean? Establish, set up many students. Establish. What are you talking about? Establish. Say teach, teach a lot of students. It's not what it says. A teacher and a parent's job is to mold and shape and help the students stand on their own two feet. Is to inspire them, inspire their self-confidence in them, to see the greatness in them, to understand their potential, and that's what it means. Avram holides Yitzchak, Avram Yitzchak, And that's what they say about Rabbi Kiva Eger. Rabbi Kiva Eger taught his students. How to think. He didn't teach them how to memorize. He didn't download information. taught his Talmidim how to think. He used all of his energy to be to mold and shape and put them on their own two feet. That he got so tired he passed out. The Kaim is Talmidim Harbay. So he saw two insights of Ravdruk. Two insights of the Tefer Shmuel, Shmuel Berenbaum. We're not done with the first Pasuk. We're just getting started. Ravolba has another insight in the first Pasuk. Ravolba says the redundancy in the Pasuk. Rashi says the cynics, the scoffers. After all, Sarah was married for all these years. No procreation came out of it. And to squelch the claims, Hashem made Yitzchak look exactly like his father, a chip off the old block, spitting image of his father. And therefore, Ela told us Yitzchak, these are the offspring of Yitzchak, who was clearly the son of Avram, since his facial features bore testimony to the fact that Avram, holy desu Yitzchak. It's astounding, says Revolba Zetzal, that although Avram Avinu was one of the greatest people in history, they were still Leitzanei Ador. Avram Avinu is a legend. Avram Avinu is a great philosopher, a great theologian. He's the top of the Forbes 400. He's a billionaire, trillionaire, among the wealthiest, molding and shaping the world has the admiration and reverence of the world. And despite that, there are leitzanei hador. Why? So we already saw Rosh Shemuel Ben-Bem said, because when you're successful, that's when the haters come out, try to knock you down a few rungs. But Revolve has a different insight. He says, this phenomenon is rooted in the very creation of the world. Whenever Hashem created Kedusha holiness, He created the potential for the opposite. Every generation has spiritual giants. And every generation has leitzanei hador, to counteract the holiness of these giants, everything Hashem made in this world, He made the opposite corresponding with it. There's the atov, the Hara. There's light and there's darkness. There's good and there's evil. There's always the opposite corresponding. That's the only way we have free will. It's the only way that we have choice. So one looks at the great, the gedolei hador, and you look at the column called the leitzanei hador, and you have to express your bechira, your free will. Where do you put your lot? Who are you and how do you want to be counted? Who do you follow and what are you a fan of? Whom do you repost? Whom do you retweet? The G'dolei or the Leitzanei Hador? Why are the Leitzanei Because time and memorial, since creation itself, Hashem created Kedusha, created holiness and created the opposite of it to offset it. And what's the opposite of Kedusha and Gedoleador? Ador? Leitzanei That even in the generation of Moshe and Aaron, there were Dasan and aviram to ensure spiritual equilibrium. This balance is imperative in order to have bachira. If the integrity and goodness of the righteous would blatantly obvious, who would choose not to follow them? It has to be that you have to think about who's more geshmach, who's more fun to follow, Avram or the ador, Moshe and Aaron or dosen vaviram. In every generation, you have to make that choice. Who do you want to follow? Who's your crew? Who do you want to hang out with? Who's going to be your influence? Who are your influencers? Are your influencers the Gidole Hador? Are your influencers the late Hador? You have to choose and you have to choose wisely. That's not coincidence or by accident. It's part of the very design of the world, says Revol says. Bezatzah. Okay, last, certainly not least, the Gera Rosh Hashivah of Shlita, who was just here last week, last Monday. We're still basking in the light, the beauty, the inspiration. If you want to watch, if you go to my YouTube page, you could see the whole evening, the singing, his Divrei Chizok, Divrei There's English subtitles underneath it. Even if you were there but didn't fully understand it, watch it again with the subtitles. He's fantastic. And he says the following, the beautiful dasha that he gave me a copy of. told us ben Rashi brings a cheshbon. Rashi brings a cheshbon. Avram These are the story of Yitzhak ben Avram, and now we're moving on to Pasuk Bez. or Pasuk Chaf, I should say, the second Pasuk of our parsha. We're moving super speed now. Hold on to your chairs. Va Yitzhak is forty years old. when he married Rivka, the daughter of Besuel, the sister of Lavan Rami, lowly Isha, he took her as a wife. 40 years old. How do you know he's 40? How do you know he's 40? Zakt Rashi. Rashi brings the cheshbon. He was 60 when he had his children, he was 40 when he got married. How do you know he was 40? Rashi brings the calculation. Keshaba Avram E'ara and his pastor Shnoldarivka. When Avram returned from the Akedah, he found out, he caught up on his constant contact emails, he saw the message. Mazel the birth of Rivka. How old was Yitzchak at the time? 37. How old was Sarah when Yitzchak was born? 90. And Sarah died when Yitzchak came back from the Akedah, was 37. And Sarah, when Sarah died, she was how old? So Sarah was 127 when she died. She was 100 when Yitzchak was born. She died as a result of the Akedah. From here you know how old was Yitzhak? as the Akedah? 27. Sorry, 37. He had to wait for her to be three years old. We spoke about that last week. My good friend Mendy sent me this morning, the Yabar who was equally as bothered by my daughter Tamar, how you could suggest the Rivka was three. If you say things that don't make sense, Nobody will listen to you about anything else you say. So we don't have to promote the things that don't seem to make sense. What does it mean? Yes, there's one medrash. But we saw last week, there's other midrashim. She was 14. She was older. Anyway. kasha. One does Rav Shol. One does the Gerar Shiva. What does Rav Shashiva mean? kan the way to Rav Shashiva is the same. So the same because of Yom rabim Rabbim. He is the same. He is the same. He is the same. He is the when does Rashi normally kick in with the math? That's when I kick out. But when does Rashi normally kick in with the math? When from the Pasuk you can't figure out or calculate what's going on. So Rashi tells us, if you want to get to the bottom line, if you want to know the number, here's the number and here's how I got there. But when does the Gera Rosh Shiva, what do I need Rashi for here? After all, the Pasuk itself tells me, Vayihi Yitzchak Ben, Arbaim Shana Bekachto is Rivka. Yitzchak was 40 when he took Rivka. Shoin! I've got the bottom line. I got the age. I got the number. How to backtrack and calculate and figure it out? When does Rashi give you the whole calculation? When he needs to give you the total. But we have the total. So why do we need the whole calculation? Why do we need the whole calculation? <speaking in Hebrew> He says, go see the Mizrahi, the super commentary on Rashi. The Mizrahi was bothered by this question. Since the Torah itself gives us the total, why do I need the calculation? Go see what the Mizrahi answers. is going to give his own answer. Rashi was not giving us a calculation of years. You like my Yiddish? A historic, but Ella, a cheshbon, cheshbon shalchaim. Eich Rashi wasn't trying to give us the formula or the calculation, the arithmetic about how to add up to get to that Yitzchak was 40. He wasn't giving us historical math. He was giving us life calculation. What's the life calculation? What's <laughs> We know from the Rambam. It's a big theme in the Svas MS. The Avos in What our matriarchs and patriarchs endured, what they did, what they went through, was portending, was foretelling us what we would endure, what we would go through, the strength that we would need. Yaakov Avinu shemitasos and shifteka. If you want to give birth to a Yaakov, and Yaakov merited to have mitasos What does that mean? Avram had Yitzchak, but he had Yishmo. Yitzchak had ya- Yaakov, but he had Esav. Yaakov had his. He was full. His family was full. Complete shifteka, all twelve tribes. Le Zehachana. You don't arrive at a Yaakov on your own. How do you get there? Yes, will skip. You know why Rashi was bringing this whole calculation? Not for the math. He was reminding us. Avram, Akeda, Sarah died because of the Akeda. Maserus nefesh. This is not a historical calculation. This was a life calculation. And what was the life calculation? Torah is telling us. You now you get to a Yitzchak ben Avram. Avram holds this Yitzchak. You know how you arrive there only through Maserus nefesh. The Maserus nefesh of the Mesiris nefesh of Avram Avinu. He was willing to do the Akedah. And the Maserus nefesh of Sarah that she died as a result of the of the Akedah. Perachavei pasuk, pasuk chav. Second pasuk. We're still on now. Pasuk chav. Still on second pasuk. Bear with me. Says again the tefer shemur shemur berenbaum. It's a wonderful new sefer. Fantastic. Rashi's bothered. Why did the pasuk here have to again tell us Rivka's yichus? Yitzchak was forty when he married Rivka. In case you forgot the daughter of Basual, the sister of Lavan, of the Arami. Why? Why do we have to repeat this? So Rashi tells us, shvacha, to tell us her praise. She's the daughter of a wicked, evil person, the sister of a wicked, evil person. And she comes from a wicked, evil community. But she did not learn from their deeds. You want to say such a Geshmak, nice praise of, of Rivka. Her father was miserable, her brother was miserable, his community was miserable, and she came out a gem, a diamond, despite those negative influences. Where should the Torah have first introduced this wonderful praise of Rivka? Where would you have expected it? Last week's Pasha, Sara. Eliezer comes to the well. He meets the Shadchan. He says, What do you got? He says, Oh, these resumes, those resumes. Let's look through all the resumes. We'll look through all the resumes. You know, there's a Ksav Sofer. Last week's Pasha. It says, baba yamim. Hashem Avram Bakol. Avram got old, and Hashem blessed Avram with everything. Hashem Avram Bakol. So Rashi quotes Bakol. Gematra, what is Bakol? Bas. Avram had a daughter, the Ksav Sofer says, and that's why he got old. When he had sons, he stayed young. When he had a daughter, it aged him. Why? Because of the credit card, the Amazon account? Yes, but why did it age him? So listen to what the Ksav Sofer says. Ksaf Sofer says, because when you have a son, so Avram's sons are going to be Mitsuyonim. The other side is going to support them 100%, buy them the apartment. So Avram could stay young, he had nothing to worry about. But once you have a daughter, and you got to put up the dowry, and you got to pay for the young man to learn full-time, Avram aged quickly. That's the Ksav Sofer. I would adapt it to this day and say, when you have sons, you know they're going to have a pile to the ceiling of resumes. No problem, they're going to go out, they're going to find a girl, it's going to be easy. But once you have a daughter, and you have a daughter in Shidduchem, you're going to grow white, you're going to lose your hair, you're going to get old very quickly. Because Hashem Be'erich has Avram Bakol, once he had a daughter in Shidduchem, now it aged him very quickly. But anyway, Saav, I just want to tell you that bonus from last week's Parsha. So Avram comes to the meet the Sharchan and uh, Eliezer comes to meet the shachan, and wouldn't you have expected, that's where, uh, that's where it should say, ooh, Rivka, Psst. her father's a lowlife, her brother's an icevar, for her community, a bunch of her Sharm and yet, she emerges to be a Rivka. Wonders, the Tefer Shmuel, why do you wait till our Parsha? As B'Shosh and Yitzchak is Rivka, K'Sheira, when Yitzchak married Rivka and Rivka came into his tent and resembled the mother, Sarah, so that's when it should have told us this praise. Or when Eliezer came back and gave the report of the Shidduch to Yitzchak, that's when report. What a fine girl she is. Why until now? Now you'll see why I love this. I just fell in love with the Sefer today. His insights, every one of them, they're great. He says because when all is going well and good, and a girl, a young woman, is at tzadikas, everything's well and good in her life. What's not to be at tzadikas about? But what happens now? <laughs> What happens in the beginning of our parsha? Rivka's dreams are crushed. She's desperate for children, but she's barren, she's struggling, she's waiting. She's, it's a hard time. Now, when life is not going as you planned, now, when you confront hard times and hardship, now we see what someone's made of. So when Rivka was growing up, she's the valedictorian of her girls' school, she's sought after in the community, She's beloved. She's praised for how pretty she is. And so she davens like a good girl. She davens with her Tehillim. So it's easy to daven like a tzaddikis when you're getting all the praise and you have all the success and everything's flowing so smoothly and you're chosen to star in the production and everything is so perfect. And then what happens? What happens to the little who who is the star of the production and the valedictorian of her class and is the most popular girl in her school? and who everybody talks about and praises and wants her to be the madricha and the head in, the, in the, uh, working in the youth department. And now all of a sudden, and she gets married so quickly, first in her class. She gets married to Yitzchak, to the Gadol Ador. And then she struggles to have children. Now you see what someone's made of. Does she still open the Tehillim and the Siddur? She still have such unconditional amuna and faith in Hashem? It's a greater praise when the person runs into the wall and for the first time experiences failure and his dreams that are crushed and they stick with their tzidkus. They still daven with kavana and they still have tremendous emunah and bitachon. That is the greater testament to who the person is. And that's why the Torah waits until now to tell us this about Rivka. Would it have been true last week when Eliezer finds her? Absolutely. Would it have been more appropriate when Eliezer reports to Yitzchak? Sure. Why does the Torah wait till now? Because now it's much more impressive about Rivka that even though she's struggling and even though she ran into this wall and even though she's experiencing this failure, now you see what she's really made of. Now you see that she's taka, a tremendous, tremendous tzaddikis. He elaborates on this point, but we want to go weiter. Third pasak. So, Yitzhak, a good husband, what does he do? He davens for her because he sees that she's barren. And Hashem allowed himself to be convinced, allowed himself to be entreated, and his wife Rivka conceives. His wife Rivka conceives. Back to Rav in the Lavos Ish. is boning. The Pasuk is in the wrong order. What should it have been? Yitzchak finds that rifka's barren, struggling. They're not having children, 20 years. They go to fertility specialists. They go to doctors. They test ovulation. They do all kinds of treatments. So what does he then do? Should have said, Akarahi, she's barren. So he davens. It's Out of order. Out of order. Why is it in the wrong order? It says, the reason it's in the wrong order is to tell us that the hardships were done because Hashem loves the tefillah of tzaddikim. Hashem wants that relationship, wants that closeness, wants that connection. And He says, hello down there. I can't get your attention. When everything's smooth and everything's going well, I can't get you to look up and notice me. So a little roadblock, a little stumble, a little struggle. So we look up and start having a conversation with him. So that's why it's out of order. The reason was because Hashem wanted them to daven to him. That's why it is out of order. That's the first pshad he says. Then he continues. Rashi here writes, what does it mean? Vayatar yitzhaklashem. Vayatar, it's an unusual word for davening. What is Vayetar? Rashi says, Hirba He on and on, over and over davened abundantly. It means to elaborate, to dwell uh, in abundance. In abundance. And that's why Hashem responds not coincidentally with the same word. Vayetar Yitzchak, Vaye lo Hashem. Means Yitzchak entreated God, Yitzchak abundantly, relentlessly davened to Hashem in order to appease him. Vaye and Hashem was appeased. Tainu, Keshem Hashem Arriboy, Vayetar, Kabbalah is called Vaye Yisod Bikan says, Rav we learn an incredible idea or principle about davening from here. What is it? So you'll say, on October 7th, I davened. I davened. I'll never forget for the rest of my life coming to Shul early October 7th morning, Shmini Atzeres for us morning, and being greeted by somebody who had heard from the guard what had happened in Israel. I'll never forget the pit in my stomach, all of us how our hearts sank when we first learned. I'll never forget, the number when we first heard was 50 casualties. 50, we thought. 50 casualties from a terror attack. How could it be? And then that throughout that day and the days that followed, we saw that number rise. And that afternoon, at Saras afternoon, you, they had to close it off. You couldn't get into this room. It wasn't safe. It was packed with so many people. As we had a mass Tehillim gathering that afternoon, we did it again the next afternoon, Simcha's Torah. We've done it every day since. So you'll ask, why? Why isn't it reasonable if somebody says, Rabbi, enough with the Tehillim. Every shir you give, you divide up Tehillim and finish Tehillim afterwards. Shachar, Esmincha, Tehillim, of Shabbos, we come 10 minutes early, tehillim. Enough! I went to the Tehillim October 7th and I never took it back. So that Tehillim should just carry forward. I davened once and I said, Hashem, Let no one else die. Let no one else be murdered or killed. Let the hostages come home. Let the soldiers succeed. Shine. I said it once. Now it sits. Why do I have to keep davening? Why do I have to repeat myself over and over and over again? Says Rav Druk, of course, not talking about this matzav, but in general, when a person runs into a tsar, So you'll say, I'm not answered. What's it up to, 42? Rahmar al soldiers? It's too much. It's 42 worlds that were ended, 42 families that are forever affected. Enough? Enough? No more. No more. So why are we davening? He's not listening. He's not answering, you'll say. This is a gross error. Yitzchak didn't give up. Yitzchak and Rivka got to no. know. So what do you do? Over and over and over. here Over and over and over. Because there's a type of appeasing Hashem. lo Hashem when vayetar Sometimes Hashem says, one please isn't enough. One ask doesn't do it. I want to see Klay Yisrael so come together over and over and over again. Daven and daven and daven like you mean it, like you believe it. Don't stop, don't slow down, keep going. You're seeing this incredible, his odorous in and as Yisrael. You're seeing, you know, we had the tzitzis campaign. Our shul committed to tie 2,000 pairs of tzitzis this week. We're well on our way, but we still need help. Soldiers in the field all want tzitzis. So yeah, on Shabbos, I gave that to Russia. And I said, all the soldiers, it's part of their body armor, it's part of their tactical gear, they're desperate for it. I knew it and I meant it. But I posted a picture, Mote Shabbos, of the, we had to open both walls, it came all the way in. If you weren't here, you missed something special. The energy in that room, amazing. On our family WhatsApp. And my niece, whose husband is in Gaza, said, her husband, she said, Avinom, said, it's true. And she wrote in capital letters, everyone, every soldier wants tzitzis right now. This is an incredible hisorus. People who doubted God, didn't know if there was a God, never davened before, they're davening. Yesterday at the local rally, I, wasn't, I was a little worried because the Kinnis Hashluchim was going on. I said, who's going to put tefillin on people? But the designated tefillin person left behind was at the rally. And there are people putting on tefillin who never put on tefillin. And I don't want to embarrass anyone, but last night we had tzitzit tying as well. And there was a person... There's a beautiful picture of all the people who filled the shul last night. I don't want to embarrass him, I don't know him. But there's a person who came to tie tzitzis last night who has tattoos, he wasn't wearing a yarmulke, had a little earring, and he's sitting there tying tzitzis. Because the Jewish community said there's soldiers who need tzitzis. So a Jew comes, whatever our stereotypes, that a person without a yarmulke and an earring and tattoos, it's a pretty decent stereotype, wouldn't be tying tzitzis. But it's, a, it's an incredible time of hisoros for Klai Israel. So we don't daven once and say, ah, he said no, over and over and over again to tap into this categorical different kind of tfila that we've never said before. There's an achdas a unity around the world. There's a spiritual awakening around the world. And included in that spiritual awakening has to be vayetar, this type of tfila called itur, those who learned before Messilas Sharem on Wednesday mornings, we used to do Sharem Bitfila. We finished all of pinkas Sharem B'Tfila. You can find the Shiram online, and in the 13 synonyms for prayer, Rina, Beitzur, Tzaka, Zaka, Pila. There's a 13 synonyms for Tfila for prayer, and one of them is Itur, and it comes from here, and it's this type of davening, which is the hiftzir Bitfila. over and over and over, because Hashem says sometimes it's a no until you ask in the kind of way that I, I can't help but say yes. And what's the kind of way he's waiting for? V'yei after a vayatar. That's what Rav Druk is pointing out. A after a vayatar. He says, he has a long essay here, we're running out of time and we did not get past the third passage. It's criminal of me, I apologize. But Rav Moshe Rabbeinu also had the same thing. V'aschanan al Hashem How many times did Moshe Davin? 515 times. Out of your mind? He said, can I go into Israel? Hashem says, no. Please, can I go into Israel? No. Pretty please? No. Pretty please with the cherry on top? No, no, no. How many times would you have given up? Five? Ten? Fifteen? A hundred? Moshe makes it up to 515, and then Hashem is about to have to say yes. He says, stop. Silent. Don't ask again, or I have to say yes. And I don't want to say yes. Why would he have had to say yes? Because there's a type of tefillah there's a type of tefillah. There's a type of tefillah that we come so close to Hashem because we are relentless in putting our faith in Him. Every time we daven, and we say this to Him, what are we saying? We're saying, Hashem, our soldiers are incredible. Their military superiority is incredible. Their intelligence is incredible. The American support and partnership is incredible. But Hashem, in the end of the day, we know it's up to you. We know it's up to you. That's why we keep coming to ask. If we had another place to go, we'd go there. If we could ask someone else, we'd ask someone else. Why are we muttering and nudging and driving you crazy? Because you are the only address. And you know what Hashem says? I love that. That you know that I'm the only address. That's all I want in our relationship. That's a and bitachon. So each time we keep coming back, here bevihiftir betzvile yet lo, that's Hashem saying, you get it. We follow the we follow the model of Avram Avinu, 515 times. This is one of the types of tefillah that we have over and over and over, relentless, relentless pursuit of this tefillah of, of Hashem. We'll do one of Maros Tahoros, one Rachmash Tifke who says on these words, Again, the same thing. Okay, we'll leave it here. Ay. I had a beautiful Rav Salavechik, many Rav Salavechiks. Why he built, we'll do one Rav Salavechik, we'll leave it there. we got to invoke one Rav Salavechik. He built the Mizbeach, Perach of Zion, Pasach of Ay. Switch, i got to prove to you I learned the rest of the Pasha too. Perach of Zion, chapter 27, verse 25, in the Yard Scroll, page 136. Vayomer. Perach of Zion, Pasach of Ay. He built an altar there, and he called it the name of Hashem. He pitched his tent there, and Yitzchak's servants dug a well there. When Hashem appeared to Yitzchak, Hashem identified himself as the God of Avram, not the God of Yitzchak. Yitzchak had not yet developed his own approach to Hashem the way Avram had done. And Yitzchak again dug the wells of water which they had dug in the days of his father Avram, and the Plishnam had stopped them up after Avram's death, and he gave them names like the names of his father. This is more than a story about wells, said the Rav. Torah is teaching us that Yitzchak only drew water from the wells that his father had dug. He had not dug his own wells. He had not yet developed a unique religious approach. At this point, God promised Yitzchak and multiply his seed, but only for the sake of Avram. Yitzchak realized it was insufficient to reopen Avram's wells he had to dig his own. At the moment that he built his own altar and called in the name of Hashem, developing an edifice and approach of his own, then Hashem was no longer merely the God of Avram. Later, when Hashem appears to Yaakov, he identifies himself as the God of Yitzhak as well as the God of Avram. What's the Rev saying? When Hashem first appears to Yitzhak, he identifies himself as the God of your father Avram. Because at that point, Yitzhak had no independent relationship with Hashem. He simply redug the wells that his father had dug and gave him the same names that his father had given. He was simply a carbon copy of his father's Yiddishkeit. There was no creativity, no individuality. He didn't forge his own relationship and conversation with Hashem. He was emulating and imitating. He was simply following in the footsteps of his father. And therefore, Hashem identified himself as the God of his father. It's only now in this even Pasuk, only now when Yitzhak builds his own altar, it means he builds his own relationship with Hashem. He has his own conversation with Hashem. He sees Hashem based on his talents and his skills and his predispositions and who he is. And that's why later, when Hashem reveals himself to Yaakov, he says, I'm the God of your grandfather Avram and the God of your father Yitzhak. The introduction to the Amida is phrased, Aloke Avram, Elokei Yitzhak, Elokei Yaakov. And not simply Aloke Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov. Said the Rav, this wording is meant to convey that Yitzhak and Yaakov did not merely reflect Avram's worldview. They broadened and deepened it. Though based on Avram's trailblazing, Yitzhak and Yaakov's individual approaches to Hashem were distinct. A beautiful insight of the Rav. He's telling us, it's not enough. We begin the Amidah. Baruch atah Hashem Elokeinu, Belokeh It's not enough that you're the God of our forefathers. You have to be Elokeinu. Yes, on the one hand, we imitate, we emulate, we walk in the footsteps of those who came before. He's the God of our forefathers. But He also has to be our God. We have to personalize and individualize And contextualize a relationship with Hashem based on who we are, what our lives look like, what we need. Too many people are just carbon copies. They're fitting into the mold. They're just conforming to what's expected of them, but there's no energy or passion. There's no dynamism to their Yiddishkeit. Yitzchak at first was the carbon copy and then he matures in his spirituality to develop his own relationship with Hashem. And every one of us have to be like Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Elokei Avram, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Were there three separate gods? Chas Shalom chalila. There's only one God, there's one Hashem. So why do we mention it three times? Because each had their own relationship. Each of us have to have our own relationship. Please stay to say Tehillim. Please stay to Taitzitzis. Amir to Hashem, it should be a day filled with besoros tovos, yeshuos v'nechamos.